We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. All right. Well, we have a really special guest, very timely guest, Fern. Doctor, as you said, Dr. Julie Fouché. Um, <laughs> yes, I am not a doctor. I don't think anybody was confused by that, but I am not a doctor. Yeah. Just clarifying, it's Julie that's the doctor, not you, Fern. Um, which, which credential are you more proud of, doctor or games athlete? That's, that's directed to Julie also. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can answer that question. I think I'm, I'm very proud of both. I'm very proud of the, just the opportunities that I had to pursue both. <laughs> Awesome. And you are coming out of competitive retirement very shortly. Um, I wouldn't say coming out of retirement. <laughs> I, uh, I was invited to compete in, in the Rogue Invitational Legends division. And that's just something that I don't think you can turn down no matter what kind of shape you're in. So I would say um, I'm excited to do it. I think it'll be a fun event, but I'm, I in no means want to fool people into thinking that I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> All right. I didn't mean it. Yes. You're not going to, you know, make a run at the, <laughs> at the CrossFit games again, but you are, but you are competing in a couple of weeks. We will see you there. We will be cheering you on from the stands. Um, so we asked you on, not just because you're a legend in the CrossFit world, but because you're at the forefront of the new launch of CrossFit precision care. And there's so much information going on out there. Our listenership is primarily box owners, as well as CrossFit trainers. And we mm -hmm. just wanted to give them the opportunity to hear, you know, directly from you, all of the positives and all of the awesome things that are coming. So, you know, we'll have some questions along the way, but where would you begin if you were just addressing the box owners out there and they wanted to know more about this awesome new launch? Sure. Well, um, I guess just as a, just to get some context and background. So, CrossFit Precision Care, we announced it last week. Um, it's a partnership between CrossFit and a precision medicine company called Wild Health. And how this came about was when I first met Eric uh, more than a year ago, July of 2020, and we just connected on what the direction of, of health and healthcare within CrossFit should be. So I've been involved in the CrossFit Health movement since the beginning and teaching seminars to physicians and really trying to help educate physicians about the core methodology of CrossFit, helping them to network and support each other and share best practices about what they were doing in their communities and really spotlight um, a lot of the problems with our modern healthcare system. And, um, and Eric and I both just um, agreed that CrossFit unlike any other fitness company is in a really unique position to be able to provide healthcare. Um, you know, CrossFit, I think CrossFit affiliates already are providing the best healthcare out there just by nature of doing what we do. And in the basics of constantly varied high intensity functional movement and the basics of our nutrition prescription, um, our communities, you know, we are just like, um, you know, Greg Glassinos used to say, these are the oases of chronic disease. Like this is where we create health. And to me, that was really apparent 
when I was first, my first year of med school, when I was exposed to what was happen- actually happening in a primary care office versus what was happening in a CrossFit affiliate, it was so obvious that what's happening in our affiliates is truly creating health in a way that is just not possible and is just not happening in the healthcare system. Um, but we connected on the fact that that this is what CrossFit has always done. We've always been rooted in health. You know, we talk about at the level one, we talk about the sickness, wellness, fitness continuum. We talk about what is fitness, what is health. And like no other fitness um, program, CrossFit's always been really rooted in that. It's not just about, um, you know, looking good in the mirror. It's not just about these gimmicks. It's about how do we truly create health so that over the course of our lifetime, we're going to have functional capacity. We're going to be able to have good quality of life and do the things that we want to do as we age. Um, and, and there's a lot of frustration also, I think from, um, trainers, from members of CrossFit affiliates on their actual health care in the traditional healthcare system, not matching with what's happening in the affiliate. So actually being in conflict where they're going to the doctor and the doctor is telling them stop doing CrossFit or you're going to get injured or it's too intense for you because of, you know, misunderstood perceptions about what CrossFit is. And so there's some frustration there. Um, and then there's this opportunity to also really bring to life what we've been talking about for so long, which is, you know, the, when we're talking about the continuum, sickness, wellness, fitness, what about all of your health markers? You know, our performance markers, we're tracking all the time. We can tell where we fall. Um, but can we actually start looking at our health markers um, as, cro- you know, as CrossFit? Um, can we look at things like bone density, like insulin resistance, like triglycerides, things that we've been talking about, can we actually start looking at those numbers? And can we actually start to really bridge this gap between what's happening in the affiliate and then what's happening in the healthcare system? And so, um, and, and by bridging that gap by, you know, bringing that primary care to life, and then also really working with our amazing CrossFit community and all the specialists that we have too. So we have a huge network of specialists, physicians, um, all types of healthcare providers, whether it's physical therapists, chiropractors, nurses, you know, we want, um, we want to mobilize the entire CrossFit community because what we're doing in CrossFit is providing the very best healthcare possible. So how can we actually bridge that into our healthcare system? So anyways, we connected on this idea that CrossFit is really uniquely positioned to actually provide healthcare and bridge this gap. And that's kind of where we started. And then, um, and then over the course of time, we started talking with um, the company Wild Health. It was started by um, two emergency medicine physicians who had been doing CrossFit or they had started CrossFit around the same time I did, 2009, had similarly been fed up with the, the conventional reactive nature of the healthcare system and um, had started this, this practice, which really focuses on um, you know, the root causes of chronic disease focuses on lifestyle factors, and then brings a precision medicine element to it. So not only are we tracking our lab data and our biomarkers, but also looking at what additional insights can we gain by looking at our genomics um, to help personalize our approach. And that's not, that's certainly not the, um, not the foundation. That's something that we can gather additional information that can help guide us but it's not uh, the end all be all. We know that our genomics are constantly interacting with our environment and it's really it's really the basics, getting the basics in place first that's the most important. Um, so over time we started just talking about how, um, how we might be able to create a, you know, a real primary care system that would serve the CrossFit community and, and be able to pair 
members of the CrossFit community with a doctor who does and understands CrossFit um, and also with a, a healthcare team care coordinator and a health coach who can help them navigate this precision medicine approach um, and implement, implement that into their life. Um, and that's sort of how this, this partnership came to be. Julie, the, um, so I think most people in the CrossFit world understand the problem, but I'm curious, like as a physician, what were some of the biggest problems that you saw, like, as you know, as you leave medical school residency, and then you make it into like actual practice, like, you know, like I know frustration for a lot of us is it's very hard to find a physician. I go there and I'm like, Hey, I like, this is actually not a joke, but when I was in the military, I would try to, I would try to be proactive. I was like, can you guys do uh, hemoglobin A1C? Can you do fasting insulin? Mm-hmm. And I would get a tremendous amount of pushback to get mm-hmm. basic tests run. They'd be like, no, you get, uh, you know, cholesterol, triglyceride. I'm like, well, there's other stuff. And I'm like, why would mm-hmm. you want that? And I'm like, well, because I'm trying to not have issues down the road rather than you just prescribe medicine. And I think that's where a lot of CrossFitters live, but on your side, what were some of the problems that you saw as on the physicians end of it. Cause I think everybody understands what we see as the, as the patient, but obviously mm-hmm. there's, there's two problems here. Yeah, that's a really great question. I'm glad you asked it. So I think one of the biggest frustrations from the physician side in, especially in primary care is that there really is not time or a environment in order to be able to address those root causes with your patients. So you have someone come in for, you know, what might be a 15 or 20 minute office visit um, because of the way the insurance system is structured. You know, you have to see a certain number of patients a day to keep the office open. It means you don't get to spend a lot of time with each person. In addition to that, there are ridiculous amounts of documentation requirements so that oftentimes, you know, the doctor's typing on the computer while you're seeing them. Um, There's just not a lot of time. So say someone comes in with you know, um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and their knee hurts or something. And you got to, you've got to talk about all those things in 15 minutes and really getting to the root cause is going to take more than 15 minutes to talk about, like, let's talk about your exercise. Let's talk about what you're eating. This is a much bigger conversation. So I think that is probably the biggest frustration is not being able to have the time and have the relationship with a patient to actually help them improve their health. Um, and so for me, that was something I identified early on. I wasn't going to be happy practicing in that type of a system. And I see a lot of my colleagues, even who are only a couple of years out of residency already looking for other options because it's just so unfulfilling um, to feel like you're pra- you're having to practice in a way that's not consistent with your values. So I had always known I wanted to go into more of this direct primary care model, um, which is gaining a lot of popularity among primary care doctors as a model that really allows the doctor, it just puts, puts the doctor patient relationship back at the center. Um, and allows you to have the time to be able to work on these things. Is that, uh, is, cause it sounds like the, what kind of what's at the crux of that, or maybe what actually is at the crux of that is the way insurance is designed to interact with both the, both the practitioner and the patient. Is this, what is the, are we circumventing insurance at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the direct primary care model Um, it's called direct primary care because there's a direct relationship, both one, you get the face-to-face relationship, but also financially. So the patient's directly paying their physician for primary care. The physician is not billing insurance. And that's different from when you hear concierge medicine, concierge, the concierge model means that the doctor is still billing insurance, but they're also charging the, um, the patient an additional sort of membership fee to be part of that practice. And that's again, just to allow them to be able to spend more time, um, with the patient. So 
what does this look like in execution? Absolutely. So just to think about sort of like the patient experience or what it looks like if you become a patient of CrossFit Precision Care. Um, so right now there is a landing page, care.crossfit.com. That's where anybody can go to join the wait list. We are starting a beta of this practice um, in a couple of weeks. So end of October is when we'll start accepting patients into the practice off of that wait list. So when your turn comes, you'll get a code that you can then use to enroll as a patient in the practice. And right now, again, this is a beta version. We're anticipating learning a lot from the community. The great thing about the CrossFit community is that people are excited and willing to give feedback. And so we're excited about that and are certainly um, open to it and not married to our, you know, current approach of where we're starting where, you know, wild health has their current approach. It's working well for them, but we recognize the CrossFit community is unique and we really want to use this to create something that is supportive of the community and that is in, um, work synergistically with, with what's already happening and they fill it. So, so they'll get their code. They'll be able to, you'll be able to sign up as a patient. You'll choose a plan, um, based on what your needs are. There's three different plans. The plans, um, differ just in the frequency of visits that you want with your doctor and your health coach. Um, and those, uh, that really just depends. So if you're somebody, like you said, Fern, you know, you know, maybe I just want a really extensive look at my health once a year. I want to be able to look at all these labs and see where I'm doing. That's great. Maybe you do the, the low tier plan where you do one, one visit a year with your doctor. If you're someone who maybe has some chronic diseases and you know, you've got a lot of upfront work to do, and you may want more extensive testing, you may want to do a more frequent visits, at least upfront. Um, so then once you've chosen your plan, then you'll, um, you'll do an extensive lab panel. So you can get that done at any local laboratory, like a lab for or a quest. Um, you'll have a DNA kit. So that'll be sent to your house. You'll submit a saliva sample, mail that back in. Um, in the meantime, you'll be paired with a physician and a health coach who both do CrossFit. Um, you'll do an initial intake call with your health coach. Um, sorry, before that, you'll fill out an extensive questionnaire. This is on all of your family history, your medical history, any medication supplements, um, what your goals are, what your current, um, you know, performance numbers look like all, all kinds of stuff. We want to know anything and everything about you that's going to impact your health. Um, you'll do an initial call with your health coach, just to sort of get to know them, um, to understand again, what your, your specific goals are and clarify any information from those questionnaires. And then once all your data comes back, so lab data, DNA data, questionnaire data, you'll sit down and you'll have an initial um, visit with both your doctor and your health coach. So all three of you on that same, in that same conversation. And this is really the opportunity to sit down and, and really get to know you and to understand, okay, what your specific goals are. You know, I think for every single one of us, you know, we look at this in the gym too. It's like, what are my goals? Do I want to train to go to the games? Do I want to train to be able to play with my kids? Do I want to train to be able to, you know, I'm going on a big hike next year. What is it that's really important to you? It's different for everybody. And so we want to make sure that we're um, aligning our care with what your goals are. So we'll have that conversation and then we'll, we'll put all this data together to try to determine, okay, what are the biggest, the things that we can do for your health that are going to have the biggest impact in moving you towards that goal. Um, so for example, we'll go through, you know, nutrition, um, sleep recovery, mindfulness, disease risk, like cardiovascular disease risk, Alzheimer's risk, insulin resistance, inflammation, 
um, there's there's a, a whole detailed report that pulls in all the the information like your genetics, your labs, your questionnaire data to to help customize our recommendations for each of those areas. And then us as a team, we're going to sit down and say, okay, here's your goals. Here are probably the top three recommendations that are going to have the biggest impact. And then here are the objective markers that we're going to track so that we know if we're moving towards those goals. Um, so say, for example, you come in and, um, you know, your, your goal is really, you know, I've got a lot of heart disease in my family. My, my parents had a heart attack. You know, my dad had a heart attack when he was in his fifties. I really want to be around for my grandkids. I want to make sure that I'm minimizing, you know, my chances of having a heart attack. So we look at your report and we realize, wow, you've got some, you know, some pre-diabetes. So even though, you know, you're doing a lot of things great, we still are having some insulin resistance. So let's actually take a look at, you know, what your genetics are telling us, the fact that you've got insulin resistance showing on your labs, and let's make an educated plan about how we're going to reduce that. Maybe it means, Mom, you're only sleeping four hours a night. That's a, that can be a huge driver of insulin resistance. Let's focus on optimizing your sleep. And then let's recheck your insulin resistance markers in three months and see if we're moving in the right direction. And if not, then let's figure out what our next move is going to be. Um, and so then the, the ongoing care really looks like iterating on that plan. Um, you know, whether, whether it's you, you achieve a goal that you'd set and you want to work on something else um, or taking, taking steps to further move you towards those goals um, and then addressing any other one-off needs that come up. So maybe you get sick, maybe you, you know, you have a UTI and you need some help. Um, those are also things that we can address. The so, so I missed a, a good portion of the call last week where you talked to a lot of. I, I hopped on late, so I caught the very tail end of it. But I think my original, my initial thought, and I think what a lot of people's initial thought was when this came out was just standard telemedicine. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as we're having this conversation, this is far more in depth than just standard telemedicine. The way mm-hmm. I understand it, telemedicine is like I'm sick. I don't want to have to go to the doctor. Can I just call somebody? They can call in scripts and then I go pick them up and I've just, you know, skipped a lot of steps in the process. This is telemedic. That's just the vehicle, meaning virtual, essentially you said mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. This is this is not the traditional, what people see as telemedicine. This is uh, more all encompassing. So it sounds like you guys have got a little 23andMe and then, the, you know, like the, um, what's, a, what's the other company that does like food allergies? Um, there's a, there's a handful out there. Oh, like, can yeah. I, yeah. But can I interrupt for a sec, Fern? I had yeah. my 23 and me done, Julie. And one of the results they said was that <laughs> I don't have the build of an elite athlete. Could that be a typo? Oh. Do you think, or do you think that <laughs> yeah. was accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should run it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll give you another run at that. I check. will sign up for precision care if they tell me otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, where I was going with that is I, I think there was just a, an initial misunderstanding by a lot of people about what this comes with kind of like cap, like people are just like, oh, it's programming. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, it's not like you're getting a ton of other stuff with that Coach as is development and all this. Yeah. yeah as is this. And so I think there, I think people just didn't grasp like what it was they would be getting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's a great point. I think that's what really excites me about it too, because I think, you know, the one problem we're solving for, which I think we knew we had was that people just want a doctor who gets CrossFit, right. Who does CrossFit, but we're actually, we're actually solving for so much more than that. This is not just a telemedicine or just a primary care service with doctors who do CrossFit. It's actually also taking this very personalized approach with, with really a technology and algorithm that Wild Health has developed that doesn't exist anywhere else. It's 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 um, something that they've invested a lot of resources in, realizing that there's a lot of science out there. There's a lot of data that's not being implemented. Like we know it takes something like 30 years from a, a research article to come out that 
that tells us something for it to actually be incorporated into medical school curriculum. Um, and so they're taking all that information and implementing it in a way that's, um, that's deliverable to people and that's usable. And that's again, not, not taking away from the basics, but using this additional science that we have just to help inform whether it's just to help motivate behavior change or whether it's to um, just to help, you know, us minimize those end of one experiments that we have to do, giving us a, a little bit more direction on where to start. Um, you know, when Matt and Mike first started providing this care, it was taking them like 10 hours per patient to sort through all the genetic data. It's like, if a patient gets 23 and me, they look through that whole report, then they look through all the labs and they talk to the patient and try to understand their goals. And it was taking an incredible amount of time. And they invested a lot of resources into uh, really automating a lot of this so that the time that we do spend face-to-face with a patient is really on the relationship. Um, and then we use a lot of this technology to, to give us information that can be useful, but it's all about the relationship. And then what of this information do we actually take and apply um, that's relevant for this human sitting in front of me? Um, and I think that's the sort of the new, unique thing, like you mentioned 23andMe or some of these other services that that are using a lot of technology or testing. Um, what, what we have here is all of that testing, but also the like personal relationship of how do I actually apply this to my life? Yeah, that's where I was going to go with that is like the, the 23 of me is I get the results back and then that's quite literally it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. well, I, I don't really know what to do with <clears> all of this. Like, how do I have this ongoing conversation about how to either uh, start to move some of these markers that wouldn't, that wouldn't sit in the ideal range. Um, and, but this sounds like you're having all of that together. Yeah. And I think the other thing, I'm not, I'm not in any way bashing on 23 and me, cause I think it's important. Oh, I'm not either. I'm I think we learned, I am. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> we, <them. laughs> we want to know, you know, there's important things that we can learn from our genetics, but like that in isolation can, can, I think either cause fear or can distract people from what's important. And that's why what's great is pairing uh, what, what I love about wild health approach and the precision care approach is that we're pairing that information with the labs and with the person sitting us in front of us. So even if your genetics tell you like, like for me, I'm a great example of this. My genetics say that I should respond terribly to high fat diet and a lot of saturated fat in my diet. But I did a keto experiment. I did really strict keto for 12 weeks. I measured my ketones. I was eating a lot of saturated fat, a lot of fat in my diet. And I retested my insulin resistance, my lipids um, before and afterwards, and they actually got better. So I'm not going to just use that information and say, oh, my genetics say fat's bad for me. I'm going to say, well, actually I responded pretty well. I think it's okay for me to eat that way. I'm going to keep an eye on things like my insulin resistance and um, certain lipid markers over time and just make sure they're not going the wrong direction, but I'm not going to take my genetics as the end all be all. It ultimately comes down to how do you implement that in your life and what are the, um, what is it showing in terms of your symptoms or your lab markers? That's an interesting, um, story because I can't, you, you probably know this better than anybody, the health in general or, or met or, or primary care. There's a lot of assumptions just be like, Hey, I can't do this or I can't do that. And, and mm-hmm. I, I'm probably the worst patient of all time. Cause I haven't been to the doctor in like five years, <laughs> but a lot of like everybody who's been in an affiliate coach and affiliate owned and affiliate knows this where people come in and they say, well, I can't do this because of so-and-so. I'm like, well, do what definitively, what are we talking about? Like, show me what, what says that. And then let's measure it moving forward. No different than we do with our log books and training and all that stuff. And it's like, Hey, weightlifting is bad for you. And I'm like, well, let's weightlift and let's find out. And then we will let (laughs) data tell us if that is in fact bad for us. Um, newsflash. It's not the, 
and this sounds really cool because, um, and this is something I dove into, uh, many years ago before people were like doing all this is like how quickly you can move some of these health markers by making some subtle adjustments. It's like 90 days, you can have some really big impact on, on like some traditional health markers, uh, cholesterol, yeah. triglycerides and all that kind of stuff. And this is cool because we start doing that, but not, not in the form of medication, essentially medication, in the form of movement and food traditionally, mm -hmm. obviously medication has its place, but, um, this sounds, uh, much more, you know, falls in the holistic or functional medicine bucket. Absolutely. Yeah. That's our approach is we want to address the root cause, um, which is usually some sort of lifestyle factor or a combination of them. Um, and we're, we're not opposed. Like we are, we are doctors. Like we're not opposed, like you said, to using medications in the right setting for the right period of time for the right indication, but we don't want that to be our first line, um, or our only answer. And then as far as uh, execution of this, this, so this is obviously just to, so everybody's going we're not, this is not a replacement for an insurance policy. Correct. This is a, this is something you would sign up to essentially supplement. Is that what, the, is that a fair statement? Correct. Yes. So in general, the direct primary care model, um, it's not a supplement, so it doesn't replace insurance. It will not give you coverage for catastrophic things. Like you get in a car accident, you need to go to the ER, you need to get admitted to the hospital. Um, sometimes what people will do though, is if they're paying for a direct primary care service out of pocket for their primary care, um, they may go to a higher deductible insurance plan so that that plan you know, they're, they're paying less in premiums for it. Um, but it's only really there for those catastrophic things. So there, there are opportunities to actually decrease the overall amount that you're spending on healthcare in total, um, depending on your situation. That, that's kind of where I was going with that is a lot of people look, at this as an additional cost and instead of looking at it, well, if I just rearrange this to get what I need mm -hmm. out of it, this will actually work out. Not only will I get better service, but I'll actually pay out less. Especially with deductibles being what they are today. Um, you know, you can pay, pay ridiculous amounts in premiums and then also be paying out of pocket for a lot of basic maintenance, primary care stuff. And um, a lot of times it is possible to actually save money overall. If you, if you take that primary care kind of into your own hands and then go to a high deductible plan. Um, so your premiums are a lot less. For, uh, from a rollout standpoint, you guys are, um, you're, you're running the beta test in only selected areas, correct? Right. We're, we're only um, running it in eight states to begin. And that's really dictated by physician licensing. It's just a, a pretty extensive process. And as we expand, um, we'll be expanding to, to the rest of this, the 50 states as quickly as we can. Um, and really, the rate at which we do that depends on what the demand is from the wait list. So as we, we're really tracking closely on what's the demand from each state on the wait list. And the ones that we see higher demand are the ones that we're going to open in next. Um, the, the eight states that we're starting in do cover, I believe, more than 50% of the population. So it is still a significant, um, it's a significant percentage of people that have access right away, but, but it shouldn't be, um, I think, too much longer before we're available in most other states. Before we wrap up, two quick questions, and then I do want to have the opportunity for you to talk about the people that are giving you any pushback on this, but question number one, sleep. Would you agree that most CrossFitters are not getting enough sleep? And if so, they're prioritizing fitness and maybe even nutrition over something that's even more important in their life as far as a pillar of health goes? Um, so I will just say, I think that the importance of sleep is grossly underestimated. I think by most people, um, I think it's just one of those things that it's hard. It's hard with our culture. 
um, it's something that's easy to, to cut short and, and try to focus on other things, but it has such an enormous impact on our health. Um, I, it's hard to say, relatively speaking, I think, I think it's probably more important I, to some degree. I think it's hard to, to rate those, you know, we live in a cancel society, Julie, I don't want you to get canceled, <laughs> but, um, but it's really, really important and really overlooked. And like, like you mentioned, you know, it has a huge impact on insulin resistance, on recovery, on your risk of injury. If you're sleep deprived goes up a lot. Um, so it's really, and all three interact, obviously, um, interact closely with each other. So yeah, I think any opportunity I get to plug the importance of sleep, I'll take it. Cool. Second question. We just recorded a podcast on it. This will come out before that, but we we've talked about how competitive programming is doing more harm than good in the CrossFit space as a, Mm -hmm. you know, slightly retired competitive athlete. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on that? Are, are too many people thinking they're competitors when they should really just be doing class, focusing on their nutrition and getting eight hours of sleep? Well, I don't want to say should, because I think it really does come down to the individual and what their goals are. And if it's, if it's somebody who, if you really enjoy training multiple hours a day and you really enjoy doing local competitions and that's important to you, then that's great. Then we just need to really focus on how do we manage your recovery to meet that demand. And I think one of the things that's underestimated when we look to games athletes is the volume of training that they're doing, but also the volume of recovery that they're doing. And that is not something that most people who have a full-time job or have a family or have these other demands have, um, the bandwidth to implement both that level of training and that level of recovery. So I think that's just the caution that I would place on it. Um, I think I always want to encourage people to do whatever makes them happy and whatever their goals are, but just recognizing that if you are going to be putting more physical demands on your body and that, that higher level of training, it means that you also need to emphasize the level of recovery. If you want, uh, if you don't want it to negatively impact your health in long-term. Katie, edit that out and put in something where she just agrees with my statement. No, I love, <laughs> I, I love it. And I think, you know, you're basically <laughs> saying something similar. It's like, cool, you want to train that much. You need to recover that much. And most mm-hmm. people are not. They're simply focusing on the, the training aspect. And we say it all the time. The, I mean, the best athletes in the world these days, they have a massage therapist. They, ha- they get eight hours of sleep. I mean, mm-hmm. Matt Frazier had a bed delivered to his hotel room or is Airbnb to get a better <laughs> I didn't night's know sleep. That. Yeah. So <laughs> That's I mean, they're, they're, they're focusing on that. Last thing before we hop off, Julie, there has been some pushback in the sense that, Hey, this is great, but it's taking away opportunity for affiliate owners and coaches to either make more money or kind of take the lead on nutrition and health within their own mm-hmm. walls. Mm-hmm. What's your, what's your um, retort to that? Yeah, I would say, you know, I don't, I don't think that that is our intention by any means. I think that we, the reason why we're building this is because we recognize that health is created in the affiliate and we only want to support that. What we're, what we're bringing is, like I said, the medical care around that. Um, And so it's being able to do these tests, these lab markers, have a doctor who understands you and to implement these precision medicine recommendations. Um, the other point I would make is that we, right now we're, we're limited in terms of rolling this out through telemedicine um, and just being able to actually implement this and then, and then expand it. I think my, my long-term vision would be, I would, I would love for every affiliate that wants to 
to have a trainer who is a health coach in precision care. And it's someone, you know, if you're a member that is a member of precision care, your coach that you see multiple times a week is the one who you're working with on these things. Um, and there's an opportunity there too, for trainers, you know, we've gotten hundreds of applications from, from trainers who want to join us as health coaches, because it's an opportunity to make a professional living, to have benefits, um, that doesn't put that extra strain on your affiliate, um, for your income, but you can still coach, you know, some, a few classes a week, and then also coach members full-time in health, um, as opposed to maybe coaching part-time and then having another job to make ends meet that you're not necessarily as passionate or fired up about. So, you know, there are, there are, um, opportunities for trainers there. And I think right now it's, it's not, I would say it isn't ideal that potentially your initial health coach may not be at your affiliate, but long-term as we roll this out and we have health coaches and physicians in every big city and every state around the U S that is the vision for you to be able to interact with them in person, in your affiliate. I think that's what, what the magic of CrossFit is. I love it. So if people are interested in, they can go to care.crossfit.com. They can join the wait list. It's going to roll out slowly. We like to once in a while, leave our listeners with something tangible and actionable. You, we've, we've discussed the importance of sleep. What are the Dr. Fouché rules of getting a good night's sleep? Oh, that's great. I think, I think just our sleep environment is so important. It's the things that we hear all the time, but are actually so hard to do. Like I struggle with myself. It's putting your phone in the other room, not looking at it right before bed, putting it in airplane mode, um, making sure that you have some sort of wind down routine before bed, hot shower, hot bath, sauna, um, cool environment, like turn that thermostat down um, and make sure it's really dark. Like whether it's putting blackout blinds on your windows or putting, you know, wearing an eye mask, whatever you have to do so that you're in the best uh, environment to get that quality sleep. And do you recommend putting political posts on your Instagram stories right before bed? Is that a good course of action? <laughs> Only uh, only if you're going to um, then put your phone in the hallway and not look at it until the next day. Oh, <laughs> all right. Okay, you heard it here, Vern. <laughs> Dr. Fouché, it's a it's a privilege. I think last time we saw each other in, in person, you were not a doctor. So uh, congrats on that. If it's um, I know it's a couple of years <laughs> late, but Dr. Fouché, we look forward to cheering you on. Do you want to talk any trash to the other female legends that you'll be competing uh, alongside? Uh, no, I'm just going to try to keep up with them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you will certainly be the only doctor on the floor. So that's pretty awesome. <laughs> and, and I think you gave some great advice there for sleep and I hope open some eyes and, and some clarity as far as what's going on there. You know, and I said it in my coaches development group earlier today, I was like the same people complaining two years ago that CrossFit wasn't doing enough for affiliates are now the same people complaining that CrossFit is doing more. So, you know, it, we're all learning, right? We're all, we're all making learning. these small, yeah, we're all, we're all making these small strides forward. And I think, you know, we may take some steps back and forth, but I think it's great that we're trying to do these new things. And I know at the end of the day, CrossFit's objective is to get more people into the affiliates. Absolutely. And I think, thank you for making that point. I think just the point I'd like to leave with too, is that we are learning like this is a beta. What CrossFit has always been so great about is taking the feedback from the community and implementing that. So just because this is the way that we're starting doesn't mean this is the way we're going to be doing it forever. So we appreciate all of your feedback. We want to hear from you. Um, and any thoughts, you know, like we, like I said, we only want to be supporting what's happening at the affiliates. And so, um, you know, 
any ways that we can incorporate your feedback, we will. Well, again, we really appreciate you coming on. I know as a doctor, you're incredibly busy. So thanks for hopping on. And um, we look forward to seeing you in uh, Texas. Sounds great. Thank you. Thanks, Julie. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.